0: What's this? Fears the guy here just in the nick
1: of time! What does that make us? Big damn heroes, sir! Yeah. Ain't we just? They say something strange appears, and it predicts the precise moment of your death. <laughs> then, when the time has come, it takes you to hell.
0: Young day! Young day!
2: I think it's time we blow this scene. Get everybody and the stuff together. Okay, three, two, one, let's jam.
3: on Resonance 104.4 FM, the film and TV radio show where a handful of film enthusiasts shoot the breeze about all things film and television. I'm Marcus E. Ako and I am fully caught up on the latest season of Dexter.
0: I'm producer Dave. Uh, no, I haven't been watching Dexter, although I, I've just realised that they've they've brought it, it back. So I was surprised but uh, I have watched Shang-Chi so um, yeah that's something to talk about as well another point I I, I watched
3: Shang-Chi twice right I watched it we watched it with you know with the family first time and then friends came over the next night and the kids were like well we're like what do you want to do like Shang-Chi Shang-Chi so like all right I enjoyed it and I watched it a second time and um there are there are things I want to talk about. <laughs> like, yeah, there are things
0: about that I want to talk about as well. <laughs> but not now, Good. not today. We're too
3: absolutely packs. not today. So what we're going to do, now that we both uh, we're, we're, we we um, we uh, we're in um in sync with regards to our thoughts as to what we want to do, we're going to do a special spoiler episode. And what I'm thinking we should do.
0: Have you seen Black Widow yet? Uh not all the way through. I started it and then I just thought oh. No, I'm too glad. Okay. So I, I could I could do that soon. Yeah, I, 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 hate, I need to finish it off. Yeah, here's what I think we should do, right?
3: I think we should do, um, over, the, over the holiday, over the Christmas holidays, when we get the chance, we should do, we should start now in phase four, Marvel spoilers, uh, where we'll basically do episodes that are just about spoiling the Marvel films, right? So we'll do one episode, which would be about Black Widow. We'll start from, and we'd only stick to the movies. Um, we don't need to go into the TV shows uh, and do that we'll just stick with the movies Does that make sense to you? yep sure yeah this is how we produce our show we just plan stuff on here <laughs> just say this is what this is what we're gonna do so the audience are like oh no no they're not gonna do that and then, yes we're gonna do it we, we know we'll label it properly we'll give disclaimers and, and and we'll say all that stuff at the very beginning we'll give warnings at the very beginning and then say, we'll talk plot at this point. We'll start doing spoilers from this point and so on. So we'll start, so now we've got three Marvel movies that we can binge watch during the holidays and then do episodes on. So it'll be Black Widow, it'll be Shang-Chi and the Ten Rings, and it'll be Eternals because I've got things to say. I've got things to say and I want to say it. So it's good, we'll do that. Anyway, uh, you're listening to Shoot the Breeze on Resonance 104.4 FM. I'm Marcus E. Ako.
0: Yeah, and I'm producer Dave.
3: We've got a jam-packed show today. Uh, we have, uh, first of all, we'll, when we jump into the film and TV news, we'll be talking to, or oh, I will be talking to uh, Rihanna Dillon, who's a film and TV critic for BB6 Music uh, Radio. She's she's watched and she's done a podcast recently uh, House of Gucci, where she interviews Lady Gaga, Selma Hayek, and a whole bunch of uh, people from the film. So we talked about it for a very brief uh, period of time, just talking about her uh, reactions to the movie and so on and so forth. But we'll discuss all that in the film and TV news segment, if you will. Uh, I will be regaling uh, David Campbell on two film, two show, TV shows that I binge watched in the space of a week. It's like the Netflix shows, uh, uh, Hellbound and Cowboy Bebop, two separate TV shows, two very, very completely, uh, you know, different from each other. I binge watched both both of them in one week. I'm gonna tell producer Dave all about them. And then we'll jump into our spotlight segment where we uh, welcome back uh, a guest from about two years ago, actress Elena Wallace, who has recently won Best Actress at the Unrestricted View Horror Film Festival for the film that she was in, Lair. And uh, she'll talk more about that and her upcoming projects. Before all of that stuff, let us jump into film and TV news. <laughs> to Shoot the Breeze on Resonance 104.4 FM. I'm Marcus E. Acho. Please tell us your name and the film that you're here to talk to us about.
2: I'm Rihanna Dillon, and I'm here to talk all about House of Gucci.
3: So thank you, Rihanna, for joining us today. Uh, you have a podcast at the moment which is specifically about House of Gucci, where you got to talk to uh, the cast. Uh, you talked to Lady Gaga, uh, Adam Driver, uh, and and so on. You, you You talked about the movie itself. Now, having seen the movie... It's full of heavyweight actors such as, again, I mentioned Adam Driver, you have Al Pacino, Jeremy Irons, Sam Hayek, and leading that pack is Lady Gaga. In your opinion, do you think she held her own in that cast list?
2: Oh, 100%. She's in every single scene. So she has the most to do. And she goes on perhaps the biggest journey as well. We see her as this young up and coming wannabe socialite in the kind of really early years. And we see her falling in love in that period. And then we see her progress into this a very ambitious woman who wants to really become part of the Gucci family, the business side, as much as the actual family. And then as as the film goes on, you realise that her ambition and her kind of need to control everything is going to overpower her. And at the end, you see her become, I think she was called the Black Widow in the tabloids. And that's who she ends up in in court after being accused of murdering her ex-husband.
3: As Lady Gaga, obviously, uh, she's very well known as being a huge success in the music industry. Now making that transition into film, uh, we saw in uh, A Star Is Born. In your opinion, do you feel this is? I mean, House of Gucci might be what cements her as that you know final transition into films as being a worthy actress. Or you know, in, in that particular industry.
2: Yeah, I know what you mean because um, With A Star Is Born, it, that felt like quite a natural extension of a role that we already see her play every day in terms of being a singer and a performer um, whereas this is so vastly different and the fact that she really went method, um, she kind of kept the accent for nine months and this I think is a role that was incredibly close to her and in the podcast you can hear her talking so passionately and really unguardedly actually as she talks about about the character, why she chose to take her on and what she wanted to bring out of this woman and the bits that she empathised with as well, as, as much as perhaps despised. And so the fact that she put so much of her life and her energy into making sure that this character was as perfect as she could get it, I think really does kind of elevate her. And she knows that she's up against people who have been in this industry for decades like Al Pacino and Jeremy Irons, working with a director like Ridley Scott, who who has done you know some of the most iconic films of all time like alien and gladiator so i think she knew that this was an area where she really had to up her game and she absolutely brought that knowledge and understanding she did the research she really showed up every single scene she really she shines i think she's incredible in this film
3: even from the trailers you can see i mean obviously trailers give you only a snippet of a performance but you can actually see that she does but you can see that she sort of like inhabits that role and it is it's sort of like she was born to play that particular character mm-hmm. uh, now moving switching on uh, to other members of the cast jared leto is one person i want to pick out because I, I love the, the entire cast. i love the cast list adam drive is one of my favorite actors mm. coming up at the moment i know al pacino say what you will about his performances of you know over the last few uh, couple of decades but you know his work he's he's paid his dues he can basically, I would love everything he's done apart from that old Jack and Jill thing. But Jared Leto <laughs> particularly, uh, with Jared Leto particularly, I, I feel he has more hits than he has misses. It's just that the most recent thing that he's done, which is the Joker, seems to stain the memory of who Jared Leto is. Now he's in this film and he's almost unrecognizable with all the prosthetics. Can, can you tell me as someone who's watched the film, Does he shine through that or is it a case of, you know, suicide squad all over again?
2: It's really interesting because Jared Leto is playing a character Paolo, who is so different from the rest of his family. So he really stands out. I think everybody else is has kind of got this quite mannered, as in their characters are supposed to be very like mannered and um, well to do in a way because they they had a lot of eyes on them. They were part of one of the you know the richest families in Italy and and the world. And Jared Leto's character is is kind of an outlier. He's like the black sheep of the family. So he is supposed to be the this quite weird wild guy who turns up in bright pink corduroy suits and he thinks that he is the the most intelligent person in the room when really he's the most stupid person. So I think for Jared Leto to tread that line of playing a very comedic over the top character but also making sure that it interweaves in this film which is a seductive glamorous true crime drama thriller as well is a that's a hard line to tread and actually I think Jared Leto does it well. Because, because he's so unrecognisable. I think because he's playing something so apart from what we normally see him do. And yes, it is over the top, but that was his character. That's what he was supposed to be doing. And it's really lovely, actually, to see these scenes between him and Al Pacino, who plays his father in the movie, because you can see the frustration with his father kind of having had this really stupid idiot boy of a son that comes through but also then these moments of tenderness because paolo really loves his dad so you have jared leto just trying to be as you know almost like subservient to his father because he really does love him and is all this whole journey is him trying to impress his dad ultimately which i think is something that we can all relate to do you know what i mean
3: Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, now, I, I've been listening to a lot of the podcasts that you've been like, for example, the House of Gucci podcast that you talked about, as well as some other ones where you review films, etc. I want to ask, I wanted to ask you personally, uh, in 2021, what is, if you were to, just putting you on the spot, what has been your favourite movie of 2021 so far?
2: That is such a hard question. <laughs> <laughs> yes,
3: which is the reason, and I know I, know I only have a, a couple of seconds left with you. I wanted to throw that out there. What, off the top of your head what comes to mind?
2: A Promising Young Woman was something that really stood out for me which I absolutely mm. loved. Kerry Mulligan. Yeah. Yes Carey, I mean anything that Carrie Mulligan does I'm 100% there. That was something that I think kind of sent slight shockwaves around. It picked up on um, a movement, the Me Too movement but also it kind of levelled up what sort of, how these movies can be portrayed. It doesn't always have to be quite down bleak dramas talking about sexual abuse it can be you know they can, there are uplifting elements in that there's a lot of comedy in that Carrie mulligan playing a completely different kind of character again a female director emerald fennel and writer as well so that was a huge a huge movie for me and it was really interesting actually hearing people who didn't like the film and hearing their perspectives on why that was and the sort of the conversations around that film were really interesting so for so many reasons i think probably a promising young woman
3: that's an excellent pick. Uh, if anyone wants to follow you on social media, how, how can they do that? Uh,
2: I'm at Rihanna Dillon on Twitter, and I'm also on Six Music every Monday morning. And I do the Radio Times podcast as well as this House of Gucci interview special. So you can hear me on lots of different platforms if you fancy.
0: Rihanna, thank you
3: very much for joining us.
2: Thank you so much. It's been lovely to talk to you.
3: So that was my conversation with Rihanna DeLinda, film critic of BBC Six Music. Uh, it, it's, we, we, as you saw, it was very rushed. we like a uh, we had and I had an eight-minute segment to sit down with her and have a conversation with her about the film. I had tons of questions I wanted to ask um about her podcasts and her views and certain films. Really liked the film that she pulled up as her favorite, um a promising young woman. I, I will do my best to see if I can get her back on the show. Uh, or even better yet, if producer Dave and I can get on her show yeah. and uh, and 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 talk movies. But uh, yeah, really enjoyed that conversation, and we'll do our best to see if we can get Rihanna on the project, on the podcast, and on the episode, well, on future episodes. Uh, anyway, uh, you're listening to Shoot the Breeze on Resonance One Hundred Four Point Four FM. I'm Marcus E. Aco. I'm producer Dave. And just before we jump into spotlight, producer Dave, have you seen or heard? Let's start with the first one,
0: Hellbound. No, I haven't seen it. No, I haven't okay. heard it. I didn't hear about it as well either.
3: Okay, so I'll tell you what Hellbound is. It's a it's a Korean uh, drama. I'll call it a drama. It's a, a supernatural drama. Uh, here is the uh, the uh, what is it? The premise for it's on IMDb. If you look on IMDb, you can get it on Netflix. But the premise on IMDb just says people hear predictions on when they will die. When that time comes, a death angel appears in front of them. And kills them. To correct that a little bit, it, it is it is relevant to, to the show uh, and it is true. It starts off where basically you hear get a little bit of exposition. And the trailer is literally the trailer for the show is literally the first 10 minutes of the of the first episode. And it is exactly as described. Uh, people randomly get a massive giant face uh, appear to them and give them a prediction as to when they're going to die. It could be uh, 10 years from now, it could be three days from now, it could be literally in 10 seconds time, uh, and it'll tell them that they're going to die. And then that face disappears, and that person obviously lives in fear for the remaining how many, how how long they have. And then when that time comes, it's not a death angel that appears, it's three massive um, uh, monsters like, um what was that what was that um the character the X-Men character that um, Vinny Jones played in the X-Men movie
0: Oh um, Juggernaut Juggernaut yeah
3: just imagine three juggernauts right just charging just materializing out of thin air wrecking everything around them in an effort to get to you and when they kill you boy are they vicious so the the voice the the um the face that appears Says you're gonna die, and you are bound for hell. So those creatures are essentially attacking you. They rip you to shreds, and they uh, burn you with a bright white light. And when they disappear, all that's left of you is literally your charred skeleton. It's there. Um, so, so that's hellhounds. The, you call them they they're hell bounty hunters, if you will, <laughs> shaitans, if you will. So hell bounty hunters, really big, muscly things. Right, nothing can nothing can kill them. You can hit them; they'll they'll move back. They'll feel the impact, but they don't get hurt. They will just bounce right back and just mow through people and just try and to kill you. Now, that's the premise of the show. It's a, it's six episodes, and boy, I started. I watched it. I started watching the first. I was like, I'm interested. I want to see this. Right. I was expecting. It was a complete shift in what I, in, in my expectations. This is one of the things. If you were to tell me what did I take away from this show? What I took away would be an assumption that I'm, he's like, I was thinking about the other day, I I thought this show, the six episodes, I would not be surprised if I looked into it and they told me that you had six different writers working on the show. As in each writer was given the premise of what the show was, who the characters, who some of the characters were and what their motivations were. And they just said, go for it. The reason why I say that is, the theme is kind of consistent throughout, but it's not when you get that, when you watch that first 10 minutes of the of the first episode, you think it's just going to be like one of those superhero movies that is just like bash, 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 right? Because that's what it is. But that's not the show at all. The show is actually a, 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 a very um a very deep introspective drama about how we deal with. Randomness and 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 you know catastrophe in life. If you were to substitute these hellbound creatures for natural disasters, right? You would never you wouldn't consider this as a supernatural drama. The reason why I'm saying that is because it, what then what then follows throughout is uh, and they even say this in the first episode, so it's not any it's it's kind of a, a through line. There is this religious sect, or it starts off as a re- religious cult that were predicting these things coming, right? They were predicting that these uh, beings were gonna be coming in and taking sinners to hell. And so when it starts to happen, the cult begins to get big and big and big because obviously they predicted it, right? They were the only ones who predicted this kind of thing to happen and it starts to happen. And you start to think, hold on a second, what do they know? about this. And you can, so you start to follow certain characters. Do not get attached to any characters. That's another thing I will say to you. You know how Suicide Squad said don't, you know, don't get attached to anyone. It, it, it's, um, it's the same sort of thing because when you think, and this is the reason why I was saying earlier, it's like different people, different writers were working on each episode because you will, you will follow one person for a couple of episodes and you think that's gonna be the, the that's who we're gonna be following the story. And no, that person's gone. And it's like, what? And then you start following another person and then something else happened. And it just, it, 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 I watched at first, I, I, I messaged Michael and Mario while I was watching. I was like, please, I need you to watch it because I need to talk to somebody about this. I watched the first episode and at the end of the first episode I was like, okay, I, I can see where this is going. I can see where this is going. This is what's gonna happen. This is what's gonna happen. I started watching the second episode and I was thinking, um, hold on a second. It could go one of two ways. If it goes the way I hope, this will be a great show. If it goes the way I fear, it's just going to be one of those shows that everyone just forgets about. I can tell you this, producer David, I was it was it it went it lent more in the direction of where I'd hoped. However, I couldn't predict what was happening. It's you know me right? I'll be watching something and it'll be a case where because of all the stuff I've watched, the stuff I've written, I can pretty much predict the pathline of of uh, of a a plot, right? This character's going to do this, and then because of the normal beats in storytelling, this is what's going to happen, and this is what's. They did not do anything like that. It literally they switched it. Every time you think this is where they're heading, all of a sudden, rug gets pulled from under you but it's, and it's just, the, again, that drama, because a, a lot of those, in fact, even the second episode is build up, because it's all about wallowing in what is happening, and then building up, and then building up, and then building up, and then there's, like, there's scenes of violence that just come out of nowhere, not just from the beasts, but from random people as well, because there's this other organization, Um, I can't remember what they were called, I only watched it, like, a couple of days ago, um, but they are uh, an organization that basically, they're kind of, like, the um, the militia version of the cult, right? So they're like the ones who are actually going out and killing people, and it's like, wait, hold on a second—they're killing people, saying, you know, you don't believe in in what the, the the new truth are telling you, the new truth of the cult. You don't believe in what they're saying. To you. You're a sinner. You need to die. And it's like, and that throws your whole perspective because you're thinking well hold on a second if you're being dragged to hell because you're committing sin so that it it starts to unravel in your head and then the way they just keep building and building and then it comes to a point where you don't understand what the story is trying to tell and the story is basically said like I said if you substituted these supernatural creatures for natural disaster it wouldn't be a supernatural um, thriller drama anymore it would just be a drama right it would just be a drama more realistic than anything else but they've captured it and I, I I'm honestly I really need to sit down with someone and talk to them about it I w- wanted to dive onto YouTube but not many people are doing um reviews on this I think because it I think one of the issues as well is because of uh Squid Game did you get to see Squid Game
0: I've seen a few episodes we'll talk about that another time
3: sure we'll talk about it another time I think because of Squid Game What has happened is Squid Game has overshadowed this one because Squid Game came out with such a massive uh, phenomenon, right? Uh, It just just took over the zeitgeist. This one has now snuck in behind it because, again, it's another Korean drama, but... And because of the supernatural tones and because of the way they advertise it as well, I think it's not really getting to a lot of people. A lot of people are like, you know what, I've had my fill with, super with with Korean dramas for now. I've watched Squid Game this year. Let's wait till next year and I'll pick us up. I wouldn't be surprised if in six months, a few people pick, a few influencers watch this show and start talking about it. And then all of a sudden this becomes the next Squid Game. But I really enjoyed it. They set up a, a, an amazing cliffhanger for season two which is, okay, I'm, I watched it, it happen and I was like, I can't believe I didn't see this coming. And now that it's happened, I want I really wanna know what's gonna happen. Def- as soon as season two drops, I'm binge watching it again. I think the, the show is called Hellbound. It's on Netflix. Really, really like the show. I am happy to go and watch it again and have a conversation with people about this. So if anybody knows more about, if you've watched Hellbound and you wanna have a conversation with me, whether on air or not, Hit us on the Twitter at STB underscore Resonance FM on Instagram, Shoot the Breeze Show. I think that show is really amazing. I think it's really, really good.
0: Yeah, I'm the guessing you show- liked
3: it. I-, I-, I liked it. I liked it a lot. Um <laughs> and it's ridiculous as well, because I'm looking at IMDb. I'm seeing the, re- it's it's got a 6.8 rating and I'm like, y'all don't know what you're talking about. Um, so that's why I want to have conversations with people about it. Um, the other show that I binge watched, I know I'm-, I'm running out of time, but I'll just uh, really quickly, Cowboy Bebop. In fact, I- I'll tell you what, Have you watched Cowboy Bebop? No. Do you know what Cowboy Bebop is about? No. Okay. Tell me
0: after, tell me after Spotlight.
3: I'll tell you after Spotlight, yes. So (laughs) here is is Spotlight. listening to shoot the breeze on resonance 104.4 fm i'm marcus iacco and i'm joined by one of my favorite guests from uh, two years ago when she came into the studio and uh, in fact i'll let i'll let her tell the story about the presence <laughs> that she brought me and uh, in 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 uh in the studio uh please tell us your name and what present did you bring me when you came to meet us in the studio
1: Hello, hello. My name is Elena Wallace. How are we all doing? So the last time I saw Marcus and all the Shoot the Freeze guys, um, I went to the studio and we did a little interview that was fabulous. And I brought them some Corona beers. (laughs) And it was literally like about a month before the world went crazy, before we got locked down, all that kind of stuff. And then Marcus was like, why are you bring me Corona beers? So I was like, well, because like the great. And I was just like, the worst gift you can possibly bring anyone, right? But I didn't I'll, even think, that's like typical I'll, me, typical Lena move.
0: <laughs> I'll
3: be honest, you consider it the worst gift you could have given. I consider it the best <laughs> gift that we actually got because one, we don't we don't get many gifts from guests uh, that uh. come in, so that's one thing. So you were the first one to come into, into the studio and give us uh, gifts and you gave us really? beer. It's like, who says no to beer? Um,
1: oh well, there you go but it was just the wrong yeah. brand we should we should have gone for like a
3: different brand uh, in uh, time. <laughs> you, 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 i mean I, there's that's one group of people that i feel really sorry for them and skype are another group that i feel because you think <laughs> skype skype are basically the organization that was built for lockdown and mm-hmm. and and the, and the pandemic to, but it seems nobody uses skype anymore mm-hmm. everybody uses zoom so it's, it's all like,
1: about Zoom, literally, the, 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 that's that's the, the kind of business you want to be in, Zoom or COVID testing, that's what I mm-hmm. keep saying.
3: Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. But Elena, thank you very much for joining us, because uh, <laughs> I've been following your career since, you know, since I, I, I knew you. Um, you've been in tons of films, uh, working a lot with uh, Tom Patton, working on G-Lock, The Ascent. Uh, And you've just one of the reasons why I wanted to drag you onto this show is about one of your most recent projects, which we'll come to in just a second. So first of all, what I want to do is I want to I want to get people to get you to reintroduce yourself to people who may Mm. not have seen and listened to you in the previous episode um, or who don't know much about you. So tell us who is Elena
1: Wallace? So I am originally from the northeast of England. I've been in London for the past like 14 years now. Um, started my career as a dancer and for the past five years I've been really focusing on my acting. Acting is the absolute love of my life and I've been lucky enough to work on some amazing movies. Like you just mentioned, um, films with Tom Paynton, um, uh, G-Lock and Black Sight. And one of the, my lead roles is The Ascent, which I play Haley Nolan in that. Um, so yeah, some awesome movies there. Most recently, I've worked on an amazing feature called Lair, which is smashing the film festivals, like just crazy. It's, it's won 15 awards now.
3: Just, exactly, just, it's it's like it's sort of everywhere. I just on on social media, just posting everywhere about uh, about this one project, which you did talk about when you came on the studio in, in the studio the last time, and you just I think yeah. you were you hadn't you hadn't started shooting yet. It was prepped, uh, going in to go and do it, mm-hmm. and we haven't spoken since. And then it's like fast forward how many a couple of years, and it's just everywhere. So yeah. you so and in fact, you you said it's been picking up loads of awards. You mm-hmm. happened to pick up one of the awards as well. But before we come to that, let's talk about what Lair is all about. So tell us, tell us what is Lair about? and Who are you in Lair?
1: So Lair, so Lair is written and directed by the fabulous Adam Ethan Crow, Great guy. Um, producer on it is, exec producer Shelley Atkins, John Love, and the DOP is Stuart White. So a fabulous group of filmmakers behind the project. And it's, um, it's your, It's your classic haunted house, um, but with like a retro twist. Um, It's an LGBTQ plus um, community as well. So um, I play uh, alongside Ashlyn Diaz. She is my girlfriend in it. And we're kind of struggling to bring up these children. She's going through a divorce and we go to a trip away to London. And we find ourselves in an Airbnb, which... um, there's cameras all around the airbnb and it's said to have a possessed doll in the apartment and the fun begins there you're gonna there's a there's a lot of twists and turns a lot of jumps in it like many jump scares in it even when i saw the film for the first time even now i've seen it quite a few times now and every time there's a new jump in it and um yeah, lo- and Adam is such a great writer as well, like there's loads of um, fab one-liners, like you'll be, lo- Cory Johnson's character in it. Like Cory Johnson is probably one of my favorite actors I've ever worked alongside. And um, so Cory Johnson is, has he's been in everything like Captain Phillips, um, uh, like Marvel films, he's he's been in so, so many movies, and um, yeah, he's a,
3: he's a very big character actor. He's an he, American. Is he's American, right? He just pops he's up. He's an in, American in dude,
1: yes. yeah. And, and the way he smashes these one-liners, like he's brilliant. Um, so so yeah, so it was, and, and the whole cast, the whole cast, the whole crew, like there was, it was just such a vibe on set the whole time. Um, and yeah, like I'm just so so proud to be part of it. And and when I was shooting it, like I get I. I guess like all of us didn't really know the um, the extent of how how well it's done. We, we weren't like prepared for it, so um, so it's really nice now to see all the awards it's picking up, and um, yeah, it's just lovely to see how how nice it's been received. It's um, Studio Canal have released it in Australia and New Zealand, uh, ten nineteen are the distributors throughout North America, Canada, and I have hot off the press. Adam said that I'm allowed to announce the. People who will be releasing it in the UK, and that will be Vertical Entertainment. And it is due to be released in the next couple of months in the UK. So I'm that is
3: absolutely fantastic. news. Yeah, a lot of times when we have people who come on the show and they talk about their yeah. films uh, crushing it in film festivals the next question and it's usually produced today who asks the question is like so when are we going to be able to watch it in cinema and the response yeah. at nine out of ten times is well we're still going the film festival yeah. route we're looking for distribution and that will happen soon it's great to be able to hear somebody say it's doing very well and we've got picked up and this is when it's going to be, when you can all see it. Really, really happy to hear that. You're listening to Shoot the Breeze on Resonance 104.4 FM. I'm Marcus E. Acho, and we're here with uh, actress, Alana Wallace, who's talking to us about her role in the film, Lair, which you recently picked up. You're talking about the list of awards that you, the film has been picking up. And you recently picked up best actress for uh, at the Unrestricted View Hol- um, Horror Film Festival, is that correct?
1: I did, this is my first award. So I just wanna really shout out the unrestricted um, view guys because James and Tony over there, I'm so like, I couldn't believe it, you know, it's so funny as well, Marcus, so, so I, I didn't, so basically, I knew that I was up for the award, Shelley and Adam had FaceTimed me, and I'd just been to take the dog for a walk, and I was like, my hair was all over the shop and all this kind of stuff, Then they phone me and they're like, um, yeah, you've been nominated for Best Actress, which was just such um, a, a pleasure and an honour, you know, to receive this call. And then fast forward like a week or two, I'm at a Halloween party, my best mate's Halloween party, and I'm dressed as Princess Jasmine. And then Adam FaceTimes me and he's with like all of He's with all of the film festival guys. And he's like, you won, you won. And I'm in the middle of this Halloween party dressed as Princess Jasmine. Like, lol, so funny. If you know me, you'll know I'm the, the biggest Disney fan. So that is like just so fitting and hilarious. Typical Elena again. Um, that was
3: yeah. That was one of that was the first yeah. one of the first times I found out about the the win. It's sort of one of your either Instagram post or your, I did Instagram, uh, or your fit, yeah. yeah Instagram post. it's it's because it's, it was very uh, it's not weird is not the right word.
1: You can say weird. It was. <laughs>
3: yeah, because as you you dressed was. as you dressed as Princess Jasmine. And it's yeah. just, it's you just going nuts. And yeah. I just, because you, you scroll through Instagram and then you see, like, you see the image, that just rolls forward a little bit. And I'm like, what the hell's going on here? So I scroll <laughs> back, hit on it, and I was like, oh, wow, well, congratulations, we need to get you back on. And uh, and then you went recently to go get the award. Um, and, and, and again, you you were on, you were in the same film, in, in the film, you share, um, I think you, you, I'm not sure if you share screen time with uh, another um, regular guest of the show, Dave Whitney. Uh, who's also
1: yeah. in the film. Yes. I do. Oh, Dave's class. Loads of love for Dave. Um, I do share some FaceTime and um, some screen time with him. I do indeed. Um, I mean, yeah, he's he's fab. Su- such a great guy. Great actor. Co- comedy, like, he's fab, yeah. It was a I lot love- of Okay.
3: I- I'm very surprised that you that this is your first award um, that you're getting because uh, with the with the stuff that's in, in your in your history with regards to your credit, your credits, your IMDb credits business the G um, mm-hmm. Ascent, Black Ops, we talk about all that stuff. Um, you just you're racking up horror credits. Uh, to the point where it's like it, your your name is beginning to become associated with a lot of horror. Is that something that is an intentional direction that you are following? Because we're talking about Lair right now, right? We're talking about Lair. Um, G-Lock is kind of like a sci-fi horror. Uh, Descent yeah. is definitely like um, it is like a Lovecraftian horror as well. And then one time of the new travel. projects, time travel, exactly. And one of the projects that you're working on at the moment, and I guess we could talk about that in a few minutes, um, we could talk about lore. Um, is kind of all in the same vein as well. The same sort of horror theme towards it. Is that is that a personal um, um, sort of deliberate choice to go down the horror route or is it sort of just coincidence that most of the projects you're working on are horror films?
1: You know what? I'm not going to lie to you, Marcus. It was at the beginning of my career a bit of a coincidence, but I'm not mad at it at all because I love horror. I love horror, and I love the gritty kind of characters that I get to explore. Um, and I, you know, I, I love the drama. I love the drama. I'm not going to lie. So you know, it kind of it kind of suits me really well. Um, and growing up, I was always really kind of um, like I love films like The Exorcist and stuff like this. So yeah, I'm not mad at it at all. I mean, obviously I'm always open, of course, to going into different kind of genres, of course. Um but, but for now, I'm, I'm I'm enjoying the horror ride, I really am. Uh, but I, I also have done this year, a film called Fire Rises. With, Which I'm gonna uh, talk
3: about, i want to talk about. Another another guest, another uh, uh, regular guest <laughs> on the show, Paul Knight, yep, the mm-hmm. director. So we're gonna talk about that in just a second. You're okay. listening to Shoot the Breeze on Resonance 104.4 FM. I'm Marcus Iaco and I'm talking to uh, an, a rising horror star, uh, British horror star, uh Elena Wallace, uh, who's just been talking to us about her win for best a- actress in the uh the film Lair. Um now we just we're se- we're segueing some uh, projects that are coming up. You mentioned fire rises and I talked about lore. Let's talk about fire rises first, because okay. it's been a while since I got um uh, uh Paul Knight into the in, in into the show to talk about his projects. I loved uh 24 Hours in London. I think it got changed to no, it was, it was called 24 Little Hours, then it changed to yeah. 24 Hours in London. And now in his next project, he's moved on to Fire Rises. Tell us about Fire Rises. Tell us what your role is in it and what's the status of that project?
1: So my character in Fire Rises is a, a woman called Angel and she is the evilest character I've ever played and I loved every single minute of it. She is Fabu- well, not fabulous, she's just horrible. She's absolutely pure evil. Um, yeah. Like I, I had a fabulous, fabulous scene with Ricky Grover and that. Um, I got I was a, a, lucky enough to work with Spencer Collins. Obviously, I've done loads of work with Spencer, with Tom Payton's movies, and I was lucky enough to work with Spencer again on that. He was head of stunts. Um Paul Mullen is the lead in Fire Rises. Fab working alongside him. So yeah, my character's really evil in it. It's a it's a crime thriller gangster movie. Um, it's in final stages of post at the minute. Um, I spoke with Paul last night, and he's hoping to do a screening early 2022. So fingers crossed for that, because I have seen nothing of that, and I am so excited. Um, yeah, and I, I loved it, you know, It was the first time I work work with Paul Knight, fab director. I loved being on his set, um, and you know I look forward to hopefully working with him in the future. And I'm so excited to see to see the film.
3: Yeah, I've, I mean, every time we've entered Paul, interviewed Paul, um, it, 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 he tells a lot of stories on the show. And what audiences don't know is when the when we switch off uh, and we it's usually the walk to the train station. He has tons of stories, tons more stories that he can't tell on the radio. So <laughs> basically has to. It's just it's just nonstop stories, uh, stories for stories about different people as well. All the people yeah. he's worked with and so on. So, I better
1: behave then. I'm glad I behaved.
3: Yes, exactly. We'll add you to God. the list. I'm, the next time I speak to him, I'll say I'm like. So what is she like? What is she? Yeah, yeah. What is she really like
1: though?
0: <laughs> exactly.
3: Um, and then not only that, you also cast in uh, in another horror p- pick that's coming up is uh, Lore, which is uh, di- um, it's shooting in 2020, uh, 2022, sorry. And you've got tons of people like Andrew Lee Potts in it. You've got uh, Ben Crumpton. Cram- you've got Rufus Hound uh, in mm-hmm. it as well. I love Rufus Hound. I've seen him in a number of uh, panel shows and I really like his work. Uh, and I I haven't seen it, but I saw clips of a theatre show that he did, which was very he was very good. Um, and, and so you're in that one as well. So tell us what is lore about, uh, what details can you tell us about mm-hmm. the film when we can you know get to learn more about it and what it's about.
1: So it's actually wrapped now we wrapped it um a couple of weeks ago now so law is so how I got on law was um through the fabulous exec producer Adam Buabda um a Geordie guy fellow Geordie um absolutely lovely guy he got us on the set and law is a horror anthology so it's basically um my segment in law was directed by Greg Johnson and it's called Cross Your Heart and other directors working on law was the fab James Bush and Patrick Ryder of course um and I've known these guys for years so it's so lovely to finally you know be on a project with them and as you say um Angelou Potts was on it, Katie Sheridan, Bill Wallows. um the majority of my scenes are with Rufus Hound, which I was so excited about. And I tell he was cracking on set. Such a fantastic guy, like I had the best laugh with him. Um, it's dark, it's dark, it's dark. Uh, again, I played a really, really dark character in it. Very, very sexy. She was actually probably, um, Luna is the name of my character. And Luna was probably the sexiest, sassiest character I've ever played on a feature which uh, I wasn't mad at that either. I was loving that. It was great. The styling was fantastic. Hair and makeup, I felt like very glamorous. Um, And I'm not, I'm not normally so glamorous on movies. So I was, I was liking it. Um, But yeah, it's really dark. Um, I'm not really sure how much I can say, but it's, again, there's a lot of twists and turns in my particular segment in it, Cross Your Heart. And yeah, love shooting it. And Another fab actor on it, um, Jacob Anderton. And um, so, yeah, it was it was lovely. And it was lovely because we filmed my segment up north in Hartlepool. So it was really nice to shoot something up north as well. Obviously, I originate from the northeast. So I'm, I'm really proud of my roots. So it was lovely to work alongside um, a northern a northern crew. Scott um, Coulter is our DOP on that fab, fab Geordie lad. And I think it should we should be hearing more news on it next year um I hope so anyway because it's it's gonna be a cracking project
3: yeah I'm gonna be reaching out to uh to James Bush and some of the other uh, directors mm-hmm. and producers on the project <laughs> so we can try and get them on the show obviously we won't get them in this year so maybe by the time we get them in next year January February time we'll get a little bit more about what it is what it's about when we can see it so that'll be fantastic uh, I, I'm and, always
1: I'm always really scared to say stuff I'm not allowed to say <laughs> so that's yeah. I'm just like
3: yeah <laughs> after 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 they listen to this show this episode it's just going to be like yeah we're going to have to cut her out the
1: movie.
2: exactly so,
3: hence the reason has to do three stories uh, four stories of like no no it wasn't three four stories it was three stories uh, yeah we've had to lose one story completely so Brilliant. Uh, yeah but elena thank you very much for joining us today on uh, shoot the breeze on resonance fm uh we definitely want to get you back on more and more uh, we wish you all the best with all your success. And like we said, uh, like I said earlier, I definitely see you as becoming uh, stamped as a, as a, as the horror, uh, horror ingenue, your horror star uh, in the UK. So your name is going to be associated with horror stuff, which is great. I mean, horror is a great um, genre to be in, right. To Thank be associated you. with. So, so it's you, your, your body of work is fantastic. We wish you more and more success to come.
1: Thank you. Thank you so much. having having me, Marcus. It's such a pleasure to see you again, my darling. And, Thank you so much, all the listeners. Thank you. Take
3: care. Take care, bye. And that was my conversation with Alana Wallace, the winner of the Best Actress Award at the Unrestricted View Horror Film Festival uh, for the film Lair. Love talking to uh, Alana. Whenever she comes into the studio, she's she's bursting with energy that's really uh, contagious. It's like when you sit down and you're just chatting with her, she's so bubbly and it's just you can't help it. No matter how much, how how bad a day you're having, uh, it just it picks you up. She's a ray of sunshine. And I I can't wait for her to come back in, especially to talk about Fire Rises, which reminds me I need to go and try and get Paul Knight to come back on the show, director Paul Knight. Uh, Last time we spoke to him was about uh, his film, 24 Hours in London. Uh, so we want to try and get i want to get him back in we will do you remember we were going to uh he given us an invite to come on uh, to come on set to watch him film fire rises but we were too we were too chicken to
0: to go because of covid and lockdown yeah i remember yeah so apologies Mm -hmm. about that no worries
3: i'm sure i'm I'm sure we'll uh, have the opportunity to be able to do that again okay so you're listening to shoot the breeze on resonance 104.4 fm i'm marcus diaco i'm producer dave and I was bending your ear about the show Hellbound on Netflix. Uh, the other show that I binge watched. This one was a ten-episode show, and it was and it is Cowboy Bebop. That's the live-action uh, adaptation of the anime show called Cowboy Bebop. First of all, producer Dave, have you heard of Cowboy Bebop before?
0: No, I haven't. No.
3: Okay. Be a new so one. Let, so let me let me let me give you sort of like the, the pitch for for this. This is from IMDb. It says it's a ragtag crew of bounty hunters chases down the galaxy's most dangerous criminals. They'll save the world for the right price. So essentially, it is. It, it's sort of. For, I, I read some somewhere recently uh, that the, the anime version. I think it was. Um, what is it? Um, oh, the uh, what are they called? Uh, the 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 people who do. Oh man, the Cartoon Network version of uh, where they they have. Oh, I'm my brain has just has just been nuked. It is Adult Swim. That's it. Oof! Wow. I had that in my head, and then it just disappeared. So Ca- Cartoon Network did Adult Swim, which is basically loads of uh, animated shows that are mainly aimed at adults. So you had stuff like a Robot Chicken, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And I think Cowboy Bebop was one of the ones that kind of came through with that lot. I may be wrong, but I'm thinking that's the same sort of thing. So it's basically about these group of uh, space bounty hunters, put it that way. And from what I had, what I read recently was that the anime was the show that inspired TV shows like Firefly and the remake of Battlestar Galactica, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, where you have literally ragtag bunch of space cowboys, if you will. And that's what this show is about. So the show starts off with these two bounty hunters who are paired together. They are Chalk and Cheese, a Spike Spiegel, played by John Cho, and Jet Black, played played by Mustafa Shakir. John Cho, you'll know him from, uh, just throwing way back to Harold and Kumar. He was Harold from Harold and Kumar. And Mustafa Shakir, he was blistering uh, in the second season of Luke Cage. He was the uh, main bad guy. In the second season of Luke Cage, fantastic actor, and he's brilliant in this as well. He just he the, the two of them just make such a terrific terrific pair together. Anyway, they're two bounty hunters on this ship called the Bebop, Um, and they are that's they're essentially just unkillable bounty hunters. They have uh, loads of. They have excellent gunplay and martial arts skills to be able to catch bad guys. So it's basically following them episode after episode where you're seeing them going. Each episode is basically a new bounty you have to go and get. And if essentially they kind of pick up a new crew member as they go along and it builds up and builds up into this family. So that's what the show is about. Now, I loved this show. It had so many things that just tick boxes for me, which is surprising because I started watching it and I wasn't sure I, I, I thought, you know what? Maybe I I, I I love John Cho when, when I've seen him in different things. I just think he's an amazing actor. He's very good. And obviously I talked about Mustafa Shakir. I think underrated talent. I think that guy, I think after Cowboy Bebop, he is going to blow uh, depending on the, re- the, the reception, which I will come to in just a few minutes that this show gets. I think Mustafa Shakir will blow the same way people like uh, Sterling K Brown and Mahershala Ali. I think that he is He can give him more work and he can actually hit that range. So let me go back to my enjoyment of the show. I I started watching it and the first thing because I didn't know much about it other than the fact that it was an anime show and it was a remake of an anime show. Didn't know anything else about it. Started watching it and first thing that got me was the music. It is just, I was reading a a YouTube comment where the comment just basically said, uh, the production staff says to to the music team, uh, we, we're, we're doing a sci-fi space sh- uh, show and we want some techno uh, with techno aspects. And the music team just replies back saying, do you like jazz? And, and, and that is exactly what it is. It's just infused with jazz right from the intro throughout the movie. There are loads of inserts of loads of music and every now and again, they cut to this particular uh, club that has a jazz band constantly. And if, you're, if, you, if you hate jazz, I'll, I'll put it this way. If you hate jazz, you will be irritated throughout this film. If like me, you may not necessarily know about jazz, but you enjoy it. Oh man, oh baby, it is just, it was my sweet spot. I was listening to, I can listen to the intro on loop because it was just so good. The acting, the acting from the main cast is good, except for one person and that's the, the main villain i uh, slightly off about him, but you know, he he did a good job, he did a fine job. The, the extras, the ones that come in, the, you know, bit part players, some were weak. And unfortunately that kind of was at the, the beginning of the series, the first couple of episodes. So I was like, I hope it gets better. And it did, it got better. It's like, they listened to me and they said, you know what, okay, fine, we'll get better players for you. And they put on better players. So I started watching and I was really enjoying it. And I, again, 10 episodes, I binged it in two days love the show it has nice twists you can see not unlike Hellbound Hellbound have twists that you I couldn't see coming I could see the twists in um Cowboy Bebop but that's not the point it's not about the twists. it's about enjoying the show and I really enjoyed it but I've been deep diving a lot of YouTube videos where a lot of people have been complaining about Cowboy Bebop in fact looking on IMDb the rating is 6.7 and I'm like what are you talking about. So I started listening and it seems my uh, my guess as to why people are bad-mouthing the show is because it's the same thing about the fact that it's an adaptation. So the, anima- the animated version of Cowboy Bebop, so you know, a lot of people my age pretty much watched it when they were young and it's like, you know, it's cool and, and different and stuff that, you know, it, it, is, it, it's, it wasn't, it was unlike anything else that you would seen. Like I said, it inspired some of the shows that I really like, Firefly, for example. So I know, for example, if they were to do a remake of Firefly, I'm gonna look at it and I'll probably go, I'm, I'll try to be the most subjective person, but I will I know I'll go, yeah, but I know that. So I believe that that is the reason why there are, there is a lot of hate being shot at Cowboy Bebop. That and the other uh, two, two camps really. And that's the worst part is it really, really chaps my nerves. I don't know if that's an expression, but if it's not an expression, I'm making an expression for today. it really chaps my nerves. It, it grinds my gears. There are two camps that are that I've seen so far are giving the live adaptation of Cowboy Bebop a bad reputation. The One camp, which are the fans of the show, of the animated show that are saying it is not the animated show. So there have been changes to this live version. And I I, I wanted. I, I went in and I've watched the first episode of the animated show. The first episode is kind of similar to the first episode of the live action. In fact, similar, it, it's the same story. They do change some bits. So they change some characters, they change the way some things end, and so on and so forth. Um, but that's what the, those fans are complaining about. They complain about those kind of changes, the gender swap and other characters, the backstory is different and so on and so forth. So that's one camp complaining about the live action uh, version of Cowboy Bebop. The second camp are the same group of people who are who were complaining about stuff like the Eternals and um, Shang-Chi and the legend of the Ten Rings. And I mean the camp, not the camp that are criticizing it for the story, but the camp that are criticizing it because of what's happening on the outside. So this. Camp now are complaining about the fact that some of the characters that have been changed have been changed because of their and the the I'll I'll call them the identity police, if you will. So the these are the ones who are complaining. They haven't even watched the show. But what they have found out is that some characters have been changed to either be um you, you know their the pronouns, the personal pronouns are they rather than he, she. The fact there's a gender swap, the fact that one of the characters uh, is now uh, is, is now part of the LGBTQ community. Where in the, in, the, in the anime, I think I haven't gone to that part of the anime, but it was the person was a straight up heterosexual. So that's the complaint that that camp is coming out, and that infuriates me because you're watching a show and you're bringing your own issues. In, in fact, they haven't even watched the show because a lot of them start off their criticism with. I haven't seen the show, but I've heard, heard about it. It's like if you haven't watched the show, what what are you criticizing? You have nothing to criticize. Just shut up. Go sit down. Go sit. Go sit down in the corner. Okay. Until you go and watch the show, then come back and have a conversation with me. You. If you're gonna have a conversation, if you're gonna argue and and moan about a TV show or a film, before you get to watch it and you're criticizing what has been said about it, you can you can say that you are worried that that's going to cause the, the TV show to, to irritate you. You can say that. I'm happy if that's what you want to say. That's fine. You do you. But if you're going to come around and say, hey, it's a terrible show because of the identity politics and whatnot. Have you watched the show? No, I haven't watched the show. I don't want to watch the show because of the other. then just shut up. Just, just just button your lip. Go and sit in the corner. That's the group of people that I don't like talking to because there's no point. There's no point having a conversation with that kind of person because essentially, they're coming to an argument with no, cha- no chance of you being able to at least get them to see something different. If somebody watches the show, if a fan watches the show like, you know, like the first camp, I'd happily talk to the first camp. The first camp, again, I know that they're prejudiced about it as well, because obviously they have that deep seated, um, you know, love for the original And so they are difficult to change them to sway their minds, but at least you can have a conversation with them and say, okay, which part didn't you like, which part didn't work for you? And then you can kind of work with that. And I'm not saying it's about winning the argument It's just about being able to see somebody else's perspective, but having a conversation about the fact that you say you don't like it because of the gender politics and the identity politics and whatnot, even before you get to see it, it's just button your lip, walk away. For me, I watched the live action version of Cowboy Bebop first. I'm going to go back and watch the animated version. From the first episode that I've started watching, I'm basically ready to ha- tackle that first group and say, no offense, but the animated version ain't, ain't all you say it's supposed to be. It was back in 1998. Yes, it was brown- groundbreaking in 1998, if you will, but what they do with the TV series, the actors they've got for it, the, you know, the cast, Yeah, John Cho, Mustafa Shakir, Daniela Pineda, who plays Faye Valentine. Uh, They are very, they they just, they smack it out of the park, in my opinion. And I really love the show. When it finished after 10 episodes, I wanted to go back and watch more. I'm happy to take a couple of days break and go back and restart it, even if it's just for the music alone. Anyway, that's Cowboy Bebop. You can catch it on Netflix. Um, It's, in my personal opinion, it is great. You've been listening to Shoot the Breeze on Resonance 104.4 FM. I want to take this a few, few seconds. I know I've been rabbiting on nonstop about uh tv shows that i've been watching and so on and so forth but it's, i've had the opportunity to watch them so i want to tell everybody about them uh, i want to thank all of you for being so patient with me and listening to me rant and rave about all this stuff i also want to thank resonance fm for again like i always say for not listening to this show because they would they, because they carry on letting me and for Dave talk about stuff that we want to talk about because the moment they listen to one of the episodes they'll realize what mistakes they've made and they will cancel us. So until that day, I want to say thank you very much to Resonance FM for letting us uh, rant and moan about different TV shows and films that we love. Until that time, I have
0: been Marcus E. Akko. I'm still producer Dave. Saying thank you very much for listening. And speak to you all next time. Goodbye. Or as they say in Cowboy Be Back, and Cowboy Be Back, as they say in in Cowboy Be Back. See you later, Cowboy. (laughs) Bye.